You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Imagine what happens when two people get married and they're codependent. Right. I mean, I mean that, that marriage is headed for a disaster. Well, that marriage is not between two people. That marriage is between a lot of the things, between those that's, people, but the things that they are depending that's on exactly that right. is brought into the relationship. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. My name is Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. First, we have Pastor of Spiritual Formation, Bob Moss, with us. Bob, thanks for being here. It's my joy to be here. <laughs> awesome. And Lead Pastor Jose Avroa. Jose, thanks for being it's here. It's my joy to be here because Bob is here. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, we are in the midst of a series called Church That Heals. And I hope you listeners out there are getting as much out of it as I am. Uh, this week was on boundaries. Jose did a great job talking about that yesterday. And so let's jump in. And Jose, kind of first, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts as you were preparing for this message. What oh were some boy. of the things that oh God kind of laid on your heart? Well, I say, oh boy, because it's been a week. I'm learning so much about boundaries in my life. Since we started this series, there's been some things that... Um, have hit me harder than others. So last week, talking about relational connection, I really don't have a problem with relating or opening up or being vulnerable. But this is a real big issue for me, the setting healthy boundaries. And, um, you know, one of the things I didn't talk about last week, but um, the difference between a boundary and a wall is that a boundary... It needs to happen so that we can have a healthy bond with somebody, um, but but a wall is something that we put up to isolate either ourselves or somebody else and kind of keep them at arm's length, but for unhealthy reasons. So, you know, that is such a nuanced thing that this week, it really was a lot of looking at scripture, um, reading some of the material that we have, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to, to bring about both what he's teaching me, but also what I really think we as a church need to be uh, listening. So that's just, I say all of that to say it was a week. Yeah. And uh, you gave a quote yesterday talking about boundaries. You said, boundaries help us realize the gifts that God has given us and it helps us relate and separate from others. Bob, I'd love to bring you in on this and just kind of get your take on why it's important to talk about boundaries and why it's important to even just discuss you know, self-control in the midst of this series about healing. Well, there's so much about uh, boundaries that has to do with celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. And in Celebrate Recovery, one of the things that we discover quickly is the reality that most people have a problem with codependency. And codependency takes on many different forms, but bound... One of the symptoms is a lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the the reason people don't have the boundaries, they don't have the discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I loved it when I heard Henry Cloud talk about uh, the need for us to be in control. 
mm-hmm. but it was only in con- it was self control versus trying to control other people's yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is that we tend to like to control other people's lives rather than have self control. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is that, that that's one of the big symptoms of codependency? Right. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about codependency because I think maybe some of us are familiar with that, but others are not. Could you go into a little bit? I'm asking the question, Sarah. That's usually you, Taylor, but I just wanted to ask Bob directly. Can you define codependency and what that may look like? Well, the simplest way that I know how to explain codependency is by looking at the... uh, maturity continuum that every person needs to go through. So there are basically three phases of maturity, and that is uh, from infancy up to adolescence. That's Mm -hmm. phase one. Phase two is adolescence, which would be about 12 years old up to 20 or Mm -hmm. the early 20s. And then phase three is adulthood. So one of the things that needs to happen for every child, they need to learn personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. They need to discover purpose in life. And they need to discover how to establish priorities. Mm And if a child learns these things and is trained well in these things, they're able to move from dependency to independence so that when they're 12 years old and, the, and their hormones change and they're going to be independent from their parents, if, if they haven't been trained in the, in the way of responsibility, mm-hmm. purpose, and uh, priorities. Priorities, they'll they'll end up becoming codependent, hmm. and instead of independent. Got it. Yeah. And codependency takes its first form in that age group with peer pressure. Mm-hmm. They're not able to stand alone. Hmm. They're able. They're. They're not able to move in a course of their own volition. They they go with the crowd. Mm -hmm. And codependence manifests in many different ways, but uh, it has to do with a lack of self-discipline. So when we become adults, then we end up finding ourselves being codependent rather than independent. And by independent, you mean being fully you, but as God designed you to be, connected with Him, right? Well, Um, yes, because that's the ultimate. God was was interdependent. And the ultimate goal is not independence. When a if a if a person is healthy and they be let's say they progress through childhood and they become strong independent mm-hmm. people and then when they're in their 20s and they meet the woman of their life and if they've met a if if they have met another woman who is independent 
they have the potential for the strongest marriage possible because mm. they're both independent, but they can work together to become interdependent. Mm. And that's where the Bible says that a man needs to leave his mother and father and join himself to his wife because the two become one. Mm -hmm. Okay, if the child has never learned to be independent and they become codependent and then they get married and a codependent, it is impossible for a codependent to enter in to an interdependent relationship. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, there's so much there. Yeah. yeah, And I'm even just realizing as I process more of this, how even beyond just the interpersonal relationships, just how much control I give to just circumstances or even just alerts on my phone and how literally like one message or one kind of news headline could kind of dictate the way my emotions are on an hour by hour basis. So beyond just even people, I'm just even as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, this concept of self-control and just kind of trying to be careful and setting up boundaries can even extend to just what I consume because yeah. I think so much of whether I can admit it or not, like there's often times where I'm just at the mercy of what I'm scrolling and what I'm reading about mm -hmm. and that kind of discerns kind of how I react and, and kind of go about my day. So I don't know if y'all feel that way about some stuff as well, but. I was, I've been codependent all my life. <laughs> I mean, really, um, when I say codependent, I have, I really never understood codependency to the degree that I understand it now until I started going to celebrate recovery. Hmm. Celebrate recovery is all about becoming uh, a follower of Jesus Christ to the degree that you surrender everything yeah. to Him. Yeah. And that is really the beginning of coming out of uh, spiritual codependence. And by that, I'm just trying to get clarity here personally, but I think it'll also help others listening. Codependency meaning depending depending on a lot of different things. So yeah. relationally, there's there's that you can be in a codependent relationship with someone where you are only or you are fully depending on that person's approval or attention or whatever, but it can also be substance, right? Or, oh, or absolutely. Code, that's why I say right. codependency has an infinite number of forms that it can take. Uh, drugs, alcohol, mm -hmm. relationships, um, those are the areas that it manifests, but it happens in business. Um, it happens in churches, it happens in institutions. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You see, people who are dependent on the government, for example, are co-dependent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, they've never learned how to be independent. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine what happens when two people get married and they're codependent. Right. I mean, I mean that that marriage is headed for a disaster. Well, that marriage is not between two people. That marriage is between a lot of 
the things between those people, yes. but the things that they are depending That's on exactly that right. is brought into the yeah. relationship. And man, we didn't really get into this yesterday, but I love the idea of God making us in his image and creating us individually to, you know, in a system, be the family with a mom and a dad, where we're supposed to receive this nurturing, kind of what you were talking about, infancy to adolescence, where the older we get, the more independence we crave. But 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 the Lord is saying the key is is be in, interdependent with me. Yes, and and, and realize that. I'm king, says Jesus. You know, Jesus is king. He's Lord over my life. And he's actually saved me from being codependent to all these other things. Right. And and the more we hold on to him, the more we realize, wow, I'm living my best life. He mm-hmm. is not withholding anything from me. He is actually giving me more than I can ever ever think of. And, and you've heard me say this, Bob, uh, a few times. I think that Celebrate Recovery has something that the church desperately needs. And that is the first step is recognizing that you have a problem. Right. <laughs> Coming out of denial. That's yeah. right. And I think too often we come into church or, or you come into, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm not codependent. I'm fully independent. Well, yeah, but that independence can only truly happen if we're interdependent and recognize that that we need saving. We we need a savior. Yes. And I love that about CR and 12-step programs. Um, and, and I think the church needs needs more of it, that. And that's what Celebrate Recovery is all about. It combines the Beatitudes, which are progressive in the sense that they have sequence, you know, there's uh, there's a pattern that one needs to follow. And the reason for that pattern is to bring us to a place of maturity. But the 12-step program was designed by a man who, uh, I don't know how much he knew of the Lord or how much scripture he knew, but he somehow got the got the right order mm. and and it begins with coming out of denial mm-hmm. facing the reality and that's what christianity uh, begins with coming out of denial you have to you have to recognize <laughs> you're a sinner yeah. otherwise you won't need a savior mm-hmm. so if you're in denial that you're you know and you think you're a good person and everything's okay i'm okay you're okay well, if you don't see yourself as a sinner, you will never never see yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ because yeah. he didn't come to call the righteous right. to repentance. He came to call sinners to repentance. That's right. That's right. That's good. And I, y'all have already touched on this, but Jose, yesterday you talked about kind of just the multifaceted layers involved as far as with boundaries and kind of not only as it comes to our relationship with the Lord, but also relationship with others. And then just even as we uh, personally just have time for introspection and kind of amongst ourselves. So I'd love to kind of close with kind of touching on these three points to just kind of getting y'all's take. First one being the relationship with the Lord. Jose, you kind of focused on several passages of, of Jesus setting boundaries of just physically 
really just separating from the disciples to spend intentional time. I know both of y'all spend intentional time with the Lord every morning. So mm-hmm. what are maybe just some quick takes some maybe some, some ways you would recommend practical steps that someone does that when they've just maybe tried that for a few days and then it just never works out? Or how have you kind of seen that time impact your walk? Oh, Bob, I'm I'm not going first. <laughs> Please. Well, you you had the classic example of uh, what it means to focus on the right thing when you told the story of Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. and it it's all explained right there in that story about Jesus going to Mary and Martha's house and. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen because he was there. She was going to have koinonia with him. Mm. She was going to have fellowship with him. And Martha was distracted by all of the things that had to be done to be able to have a nice party. And she went to Jesus and said, Lord, are you just going to let Mary sit there and make me do all the work? And Jesus looked at her and he said, Mary chose the best mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, he didn't need to say anything more. Yeah. And that, I don't know if that brought conviction to Martha. We don't hear a whole lot more about Martha. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot about Mary. Yeah. And uh, so I, I do believe that one of our biggest problems is being distracted by many good things. Mm-hmm. I remember David Eubank being here a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and talking about we can do good things or we can do God mm-hmm. things. Mary was doing a God thing. Martha was doing a lot of good things. That's really good. That's really good. And my God thing in the morning has to be intentional. If I don't protect that time, it just won't happen. In this season of life that I'm personally in, we do have little kids and they wake up very early. So Jesus, uh, the, the passage that we read, Mark chapter one, Jesus got up while it was still dark. That's what it takes. And, you know, I think for me, what I love about Mary and Martha, Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet when there was a lot of other stuff going on. And even when Martha was doing a lot of other stuff. So sometimes when I miss my morning time or when I sleep in or whatever, I feel like, man, I just missed it. And then that whole day is, you know, ruined. Well, it's not because listening and, and sitting with Jesus can happen at any time. Amen. So I think making... Making that intentional is is really important, and boundaries are a big part of that. Because again, if I don't protect that time, it ain't gonna happen. That's good. That's good. Moving on to the second one, talking about relationship with others, and we've already touched on codependency, and just there's so many layers to even this one as far as the interpersonal relationships. But uh, Jose, you kind of prioritized and touched on Matthew 18, and just even biblically the concepts of uh, kind of a process of setting up boundaries just biblically. So why was it important to include that? And Bob, I'd love to get your take on that too, as far as setting up kind of healthy boundaries when it comes to interpersonal relationships. I think we all love relationships, and I think, uh, Bob, you've said this, we are all wired to love drama as well. And so God, Jesus, gave us some really, really good 
uh, boundaries that keeps drama at a, at, a, at an all-time low. And this is one of them. If, Bob, if you hurt me, man, instead of talking to Taylor about that, I need to come to you mm-hmm. and say, hey, Bob, you said this or you did this and, and that hurt me. Or if I see something, you know, rather than you doing something not good, I'll, instead of talking to Taylor or somebody else, uh, I need to come to you and, and mm-hmm. allow you that chance uh, that honors you and and that honors the Lord because that's the right order. And I think of responsibility and self-control. It takes both to do that really, really well. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why, yeah, why, why it's included there and important to talk about when we talk about boundaries. Amen. So the biggest and simplest way to keep a boundary uh, when we're dealing with other people is being able to say no. And Mm -hmm. he brought that out so clearly in his uh, Mm -hmm. uh, illustration Mm -hmm. when he talked about the father with a drug addict son. And uh, I, I thought that was extremely powerful in that illustration. What you're talking about is when there's a conflict in a relationship Mm -hmm. and we definitely need to deal with it by going to the individual. Mm -hmm. But it's very difficult for a codependent person to go to another individual. You have to be, you have to have uh, enough courage to risk the relationship fracturing even worse if you go to a person, because that is a possibility. Mm. Um, There's a phrase called win-win or no deal. Mm. In other words, if both both individuals can't come out of a deal or a negotiation as winners, then it's no deal. And what that's saying is that it has to be good for everybody mm-hmm. and uh, if not the no deal is saying well i can't do this deal so yeah 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 no that's good and that's a perfect segue into the third point because that's jose what you were highlighting just this idea of saying no and uh even just letting our no be no and yes be yes as far as not trying to um kind of conjure up some sort of uh kind of false sense of authority or control. And so, Jose, I'd love for you to kind of close on this note as far as just talking about that dynamic of uh, why is it so important for us to realize our relationship with God as far as when it comes to boundaries and with not only ourselves, but just with others. Yeah, yeah I said yesterday, no is a hard well, maybe I didn't say this explicitly, but no is a hard word for me to say. I love uh, saying yes, and I enjoy being available for people, especially when it's good things that that I'm being asked to do, or or a problem that I'm being asked to, you know, insert myself in to help resolve. I, that's I think why God's given me the gift of of allowing to be present in people's lives to help steward and shepherd them towards the Lord and in His order, and so. For me, again, I've I've gone back to this. Really, does make the statement that when I I have to say no because I am not God, and sometimes I I like to think that if I I don't do this, if I say no, then nothing good will happen, or or there's no hope for this situation, and that's a straight up lie. 
I'll never forget uh, when we were fostering our first um, boy that came home with us. He was 10 months old. We had him for about 10 months or a year. We had him for over a year. And long story short, the social worker was telling us that that it was a really good chance that we would adopt him. And, and we were thrilled. I mean, if you've ever thought about a foster care or have heard anything about it, you always hear that the reason why people don't or, or why they think it'd be so hard is what happens if you fall in love with the kid and, and he ends up having or she ends up going back to their family. And and that was us. I mean, we fell in love. We really thought uh, in our hearts that he was going to come home and, and, and we were able to adopt him. Our hearts have now changed, meaning we, we really are foster parents because we want to uh, better the, the family and, and encourage the child to go back to that family. But anyway, that's a parenthesis. The story ends with, uh, yeah, the case went south quickly. And it, one day to another, the child ended up going home uh, into not the best situation. And I remember feeling all this sorrow in my heart and I felt really, really sad and, and, and upset. Um, and then I remember thinking, he has hope. You know, I had, I had in a way placed myself in, in, in the place of Jesus in his life, thinking that I was the only, Taylor and I were the only hope that this little boy would receive. And we knew the life that he was going back to. It was not a good one. Uh, you know, we can kind of read the script, but Jesus is his savior. Jesus is everyone's savior. Mm -hmm. And so that released me in that moment from playing that part. And that's a boundary that we have to make in, inside of our hearts and in whatever situations we are in, recognizing that, man, we do have a savior and his name is Jesus. And he is the only hope for all of humanity. Amen. We only want to do you know, be his arms and, and feet as best we can. But uh, we, we only we only have one Savior. Amen. <laughs> well, next week we're going to talk about processing pain. And so we'll have Sean um, help us guide through that. And then we have one more week after that. And I really hope that this series, Church That Heals, has been healing for you personally. And feel free to share this with anybody around you. We're, we're talking about a lot of different things. We're looking at Jesus. Um, but through that, we, I think we're able to explore a lot of these things that we don't necessarily always talk about. So hope it's been helpful for you and hope it can be helpful for someone in your life. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.